episode of the Talk Marketing to Me podcast by FindView Marketing. I'm Christina Alvino. And I'm Jess Casto. And today we're going to be giving you a little bit of an insight up to what this podcast is about and discussing my background and Jess's background. So Christina, tell me a little bit about when you knew you were in love with marketing. It's <laughs> a great question. Um, so it was one of those moments in life where you kind of wish you listened to your parents as a, as a kid. Um, so my dad knew long before I did growing up, I wanted to be a professional dancer. Um, and that wasn't going to happen. So, you know, at five feet tall, you're not exactly the right body shape to be a professional dancer. So, um, I went to, I went and got my undergrad in interior design. And while I was in school, my dad was like, you know, you should really consider double majoring or get a minor in marketing because I think you'd really enjoy it. And at the time I was like, oh, what did my dad know? <laughs> I like what I'm doing in interior design. And it was my junior or senior year that I finally took a marketing 101 class that was one of the requirements. Oh, yeah. um, and I loved it. And at that point, I was like, oh, now I kind of understand why, you know, my dad said that marketing would be something that I, I'd enjoy. It's, it's still creative. Um, there's strategy behind it. There, there are a lot of things that I just really enjoyed. Um, and I really only took one class, so I didn't get a whole lot of knowledge on it. Um, but coming out of school with a degree in interior design, I quickly learned that I was never going to define my own destiny. So you were always going to end up working for somebody or you were going to have to start your own business and be interior designer and work with people and houses. And that was not what I wanted to do. So within six months of graduating, I was already applying for my master's and went back to get my master's in mass, um, in mass communications and journalism focused in advertising. And so, yeah, that was a $30,000 lesson because I, my parents willingly and nicely and as a blessing to me paid for my undergrad. Um, and I had to pay for my master's degree. So let that be a lesson to you. Um, don't let a mistake like that cost you $30,000 in the end. So <laughs> that's sure. kind of my story of how I ended up in marketing. Parents always know the best, don't they? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, how about you? How did you decide that you marketing was the way you wanted to go? Um, my mom used to my mom was in sales and whenever she would pick us up, literally from the time we were in like preschool, like four years old, she would play this game every night. She was a single mom at that time. She'd play this game every night with us. When we got in the car, we would answer a question with a question. And the first person to stop asking questions lost the game. And the person who was last to like ask the question got to choose what we had for dinner. And I am a highly competitive person. And I obviously, you know, 
am not gonna let my sister win at anything. So I got really good at the game. And before I knew it, people would say things to me like, you could sell, you know, a ketchup popsicle to a bride in her wedding dress. You know what I mean? Like you can do anything when it comes to this side of things. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And then when I was a senior in high school, I got into FBLA, which is Future Business of Future mm -hmm. Business Leaders of America. And um, I started to look at accounting and I realized how boring it was. And I was like, well, what's the opposite of accounting? And the opposite of accounting is marketing. <laughs> So true. So um, I started to explore that and, you know, I went to college for a little mm -hmm. bit and I worked for a couple of businesses that really needed some help with um, marketing. And to me, marketing's just kind of always been about how you how you present yourself and your personality and kind of infusing mm -hmm. that into the different pieces. And then as I continued to grow in that aspect, I got into um, digital marketing and really understanding SEO. And once again, my competitive side came out because SEO is literally just about beating yourself and beating Google. And that made me absolutely light up. So I was like, all right, I could do this. Like I can do this forever. Like this isn't boring. Like I'm, I'm good at this. I can do this. So I just went full force into it. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. When I first, so when I first started in marketing, it was actually, um, I was, in charge of creative services. So it was more the design side of it. So I was still doing like all of the design theory and color theory and a lot of the classes that I actually learned in my undergrad um, kind of translated. And so there were a lot of things that I was actually able to bring from that into marketing and understanding you know, different design theories and how different colors make people feel. and. That's really kind of how I got into it and then slowly started getting away from the like graphic design layout side of it and really wanted to learn more about like websites and how they worked and the digital side of it and not just like the print media and creating brochures and postcards and flyers, you know, and really kind of understanding the digital, the digital world. So um, what part of marketing is your favorite? What's your favorite thing to do? Hmm. It's a great question and a tough one because I really like the strategy side of it. I like being strategic and like coming up with like plans for people and then helping them execute on it. They still really love the design side just because it's like so ingrained in me. So like building somebody's brand and, you know, helping them develop their logo and their colors and you know, all of that. So it's hard to kind of pick which one I like, I would rather do. Also, I'm real ADD in a day and I cannot sit and do the same thing all day, every day, which I think is another, I mean, marketing, you're never doing the same thing every day, right? Never. So, um, you know, I really like being able to use the right brain and the left brain in and what I'm doing. Yeah, I always see you light up when I see you working on a branding deal, when you're helping somebody with their branding and you're in that creative space where you're kind of figuring out where things look the best and kind of how to manipulate the logo and all the colors that you can bring in and kind of putting that color story together. I always see you kind of light up on that. It's fun to see. Oh, thanks. What's your, um, what do you love doing? Like what's your favorite piece? I think, I think for me, the thing that I love doing the most, and it almost sounds, it's a positive, believe me when I say it, but 
what I find the most interesting is I love auditing somebody else's marketing because I love being able to see like, where are you really good? Where do you need help? And like, where can I like help you build that extra value? Because I think everybody, everybody's always trying to figure out like, well, how do I make more money? And there's always low hanging fruit, right? There's always money on the table waiting for you to take it. And I think for me, the idea of being able to like go in and like scope you out or scope the competitor out and be nosy, I like I always nosy. I feel like that's the competitive nature in you too, that you want to like go in and see how you can make something better, be better or win. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And how I was always use, a nosy girl too. But like how you could use the competitors weak, like weaknesses against them, I guess you could say right so that you know our clients win in the end I mean, that's exactly it right like i literally go in looking yeah. for the weaknesses to manipulate for our benefits yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like what's that what's that uh a trojan horse like where they like they go in under the like sleeth of like being inside of this big thing and like before you know it like everyone's popping out and like you're dead like <laughs> under the under the guise of night you sneak in <laughs> so we know when we see jess she's gonna be coming in like a trojan <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's For so, sure. funny. so what is <sighs> what is the um the background of how find you marketing not just started obviously we know where you're you know you came from a commercial real estate side and a mm -hmm. uh, self-storage side but where did find view itself really come from so I actually started FindView as more of like, I was going to do consulting on the side while I was still working full time. Cause you know, who has time for that? I mean, for some reason I thought that was a good idea. <laughs> uh, and when I was trying to come up with a name, I really wanted, I really wanted it to be something that was meaningful and not just something that I pulled out of the sky and not something that was, um, I don't want to say egotistical, but kind of in the sense of like, I didn't want to name it after myself. I didn't want it to be like, oh, Vino marketing, whatever. Cause I just, I wanted it to be something bigger than that. I didn't want it to just be about like, I feel like when you name something just kind of after yourself, it has kind of has that consulting kind of feel. It's like maybe one person and an assistant. Um, so I wanted it to be bigger than, than just one person. And I wanted it to have some meaning. And so my great, great grandmother was sent over on a boat from Italy when she was younger. There's a whole backstory there that we're not going to get into, Okay. but she came to the country knowing nothing, couldn't speak English. Um, I actually don't think she was ever able to speak English. Mm -hmm. She would, I mean, my mom tells stories about sitting on her lap while she was signing legal documents with an ex because she couldn't sign her name. Wow. Um, she, but she ended up owning businesses um, in, in and around like the steel towns out, right outside of Pittsburgh. Um, and then during the Great Depression, she um, had owned row houses in the Fineview neighborhood of Pittsburgh. And so real estate kind of played into it. My family kind of played into it being that, you know, it was going to be more of a self-storage commercial real estate company. 
Um, I really wanted to bring those two together. And so I ended up just using the Fine View name. I, I tried to use, come up with something that would tie into her a little bit more, but her last name was Gramandola and that did not really fit in with any type of marketing <laughs> company name at all. So, um, yeah, there would have been no way to use the the name Gramandola in something. So you would have had to really educate the consumer on how to even say it. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, ended up just using the Fine View name, and it really just tied into that. You know, during the Great Depression, she owned the row houses, and you know, because people would pay their rent. Um, my family really didn't. My mom's side of the family didn't even really know there was a Great Depression because they were one of the lucky ones that, you know, their business really wasn't hurting. Um, and like I said, she was female business owner in, you know, the early 1900s. And when that was like, not a thing, I guess it would have been more in like the forties, fifties, maybe not the early, um, that would have been when she came over, but like by the forties and fifties and, um, I mean, women weren't really even, weren't really even thought at that time to be able to to be outside of the home in general, let alone a business owner or a property mm -hmm. owner. I can remember, and my mom obviously was, you know, younger than your grandmother, but I, I remember my mom telling me that in order for her to buy her first car, her father had to go to the mm -hmm. bank, even though it was her money and she saved yep. for it for her to be allowed yeah. to buy that car. So I can definitely imagine what that was like for your grandmother. Also me being blonde at my blonde moment, the great depression was 1929. So it was the early 1900s. And the first thing I said was actually accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay but it would have been later in life in like the 40s and 50s when my mom was a kid and sitting on her lap while she was signing documents with an ex so the years got crisscrossed in my brain <laughs> it's okay as i was saying it i was like that's not right that is right. <laughs> too funny but, with, but the, the funny part was and this is a little bit of a squirrel her lawyer was also a, a woman really which was like super crazy because again in, in those times like women did not hold those types of positions that's funny you say that because i had heard um something about there was a woman who in the early 40s or mm -hmm. late 30s early 40s wanting to go to yale i think it was to get a degree to be a lawyer and they refused to allow her to get the final test yeah. or to take the final test to become a lawyer so the only thing she could do with the information that she had was to teach men how to be lawyers which i yeah, thought was interesting had to have been this would have had to have been a little bit later probably in the um 50s like the early 50s that my mom would have remembered all of those stories so but yeah, it's that's amazing. I don't, I don't know how they did it, but that was just really inspirational to me. And being a being a female owned digital marketing company and truly a very male dominated space, because a lot of the larger digital marketing agencies are are there are a lot of guys that that run them. And so I really took inspiration from that in in naming the company and coming up with the brand. That's amazing. It really is. Oh. Um, so your background, Jess, obviously, you know, you started in marketing many years ago. We won't get into time frames. Okay. Um, 
But what, uh, what brought you to really wanting to be in commercial real estate, self-storage marketing? So, um, much like yourself, I've always been a very strong female woman, like figure in general. I've never been really afraid of kind of going out and conquering things. And right after, um, or right before my son was born, yeah, right before my son was born, I worked as a receptionist in a steel mill squirrel, I know. Um, but that really honestly gave me my push forward because I got really, I got a really thick skin. Like I, I kind of toughened up and understood like how, how those interactions were. And then I stepped right from being in the steel mill when it shut down to being able to go right into like a property management aspect because I worked so closely with the president of the steel mill. And I started to understand the commercial side of things because we did uh, commercial roofing and i wanted to be able the steel mill made roofing for commercial mm -hmm. roof for commercial steel anyways um so i i wanted to be able to to kind of grow myself to the next level and i already had this like commercial background to understand mm -hmm. the lingo and the president of the steel mill said to me and i really it put a light bulb off in my head i was pretty young at the time and he said when you know the verbiage of something you stick with it it takes too long mm -hmm. to understand the verbiage for you to be able to switch into different industries. And I thought, okay, so if I can understand the verbiage of how CAD drawings work and I can understand the verbiage of, you know, this commercial, um, mm -hmm. this commercial entity, then obviously like I should probably stay with that. And I found a job as a property uh, manager for low income housing in Arlington, Virginia. You can imagine what that was like. And we had 16 different properties across the, uh, the Arlington, Virginia area. And it was rough, like it was a rough area mm -hmm. and it grew me. And then I grew again because I walked into a self-storage facility and the guy said, you'd be good at this. And I thought, how hard could that be? Like, I already have some background, right? And again, slid my way back up into marketing because that's apparently written all over me as I, I can market. So <laughs> honestly, I've, I've always loved the idea of something larger than yourself and really being a steward of something. I think it's important that when you go into something or you learn something or you're around other people, you leave them better than you found them. And with commercial real estate, you can physically see how you're leaving something better. And honestly, when you can physically see something, it, it connects to the human soul a little bit or the human experience a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's made me definitely who I am. And even though it is more of a, a male driven space, like there's definitely more male, more, you know, men in this area than there is females. I just feel like there is so, so much to learn and so much to contribute because there's just such a, a give and take between those things. And I think mm -hmm. that being, you know, a, a female entrepreneur like yourself in this space, it allows us to shine in a very, a very distinguishable way because women are capable of kind of seeing things on a different level or adding more detail or more color to things. So, yep. So speaking of all of that, knowing that you've probably worked with a lot of other agencies over the years and different people, what are some of the challenges that you've had learning and understanding um, marketing that you think as we, you know, film these podcasts, we'll be able to share with our audience. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that it's always, I think 
I think you have it on a wine glass, actually. What's that wine glass you have where it talks about marketing? Everyone thinks they're sex. Everybody thinks they're good at it. Yep. That's exactly it. I think that there's no other (laughs) field that you can work in where um, everybody thinks they're capable of doing it, but nobody would dream to rewire their home or be their own electrician. Right. Mm -hmm. But so often people are like, no, 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 I can, I can make my own website. It's fine. And it doesn't really go well. Right. But if they're Mm -hmm. going to think that they can do it themselves, at least let me put a little bit of lipstick on your pick. Like, at least let me help you pretty it up a little bit. At least let me give you some technical points. And I think there's a lot of value to be added in that, you know? Yeah. So what about you? Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think that also hearing, you know, from so many other different um, perspectives of how people perceive working with um, a digital marketing partner or a marketing agency everybody has a different perception of what that successful partnership or relationship looks like. And it's really interesting to hear how people think it should work versus how it actually does work. And, um, you know, kind of shedding some light on how things really should be done. Like as the business owner, you should own all your digital assets. And if a marketing company is telling you that, um, you know, they are going to own all of them. And when you go to leave, they're just going to terminate accounts and you have to start all over. Like, I want to make sure, like, it's just shedding light on like some of those, some of those things that I've just seen through, throughout the years that just blow my mind that it almost, it almost feels unethical to me. It does. It almost feels very, um, almost as though if i keep all my cards close to my chest you can't leave me and Mm -hmm. i don't think that that's a good way of helping anybody period you should be the one who's educating yeah there's like this feeling of um like always looking at the negative and always being worried about like what could happen versus focusing on here and now and helping a company grow and doing your job 100%. Yep. No, I totally agree with that. I think that, and I didn't, I didn't realize that was a thing because obviously when I learned, I learned that the first person who taught me was you should own your digital assets, right? You should own your data. And that was like a really big thing that I was taught right from the very beginning. So I never realized how many marketing companies out there tried to not do that until I started seeing it from the other end where I, I was trying to help customers. And I'm like, okay, well, let me, you know, let me see this information. And they're like, well, you have to ask for it. What do you mean? I have to ask for it. It's yours. Like, why don't you have it? You know, and understanding that there is this, like, it's almost a scarcity. It's the best way that I can describe it. It's like a scarcity amongst the, the marketing company itself that they're, they're afraid their customers are going to leave them where I think that, pulling the curtain back, shining the light on it. Even when, even when you have a campaign that didn't go well, right. Even Mm -hmm. being able to say, listen, it didn't work this time. Let's try something else. Being able to look at the data and kind of figure out why and like what you can change to make it better the next time. The one thing that I've learned about marketing is that it is always changing. So if you were doing the same thing today that you were doing 10 years ago, like you're so far behind the times. If you're doing the same thing today that you were doing two years ago, you could be behind the times, right? Like it's one of those industries that everything is constantly changing and evolving because people are constantly changing and evolving. And 
you can't think of your marketing strategy or what you're doing as how you as in me would perceive it. You have to think about it from your customer's point of view and how they would perceive it, right? And so there's just so much to learn. And I'm really looking forward to helping educate our audience on all of those different parts and pieces and best practices and things that they can do on their own without necessarily having to partner with somebody, but also educating everybody on the things that you should partner with somebody on and just providing that value. Yeah, I mean, that's fantastic. So tell us who is our first guest? So our first guest in our uh, next podcast is John Manus from Pinnacle Storage Properties. We are Ooh. going to be talking to John about um, how he has kind of rebranded himself throughout the years um, from many moons ago to uh, in storage and the different ways he's had to brand himself throughout the years. So a little bit about the, um, how this podcast is going to work is what we want to do is be able to bring to you business professionals from self-storage, commercial real estate, and even other small businesses, because we always think it's important to learn from everybody and not kind of fall into that niche of what everybody in our business is doing. Because again, um, when somebody's shopping, they're not going to shop for self-storage different than they're going to shop for something else. So there's always value in learning from others. So our goal is to bring somebody on, um, get to know them, get to know their background in history, get to know how they've used marketing. And then in the following podcast, we'll end up doing, Jess and I will do a deep dive into best practices of what you can do yourself or what you should maybe partner with some. Honestly, I'm really excited just to be able to have these, um, these business owners, these entrepreneurs on and kind of pick their brain because yeah. you know, operations and marketing is a very, is a very thin line in terms of the marriage that you have to have. But I think that there's so much knowledge that we can help people to kind of learn from other people's mistakes and help them implement you know, really great, yeah. strong practices so that they don't make the same mistakes as other people. And I think sharing that value has so much, so much potential to help not only our industry, but commercial real estate and other industries in general. Yeah. And as yeah. much as it's a marketing podcast, it's also ties into, like you said, business and operations, and it's not just about marketing, but how it all works together. Because if one piece of the business is failing, it's going to bring everything else down. That's it. I don't know about you, but I have, I have worked in businesses for marketing sides of things where I've heard other marketers go, well, I did my job and it ends at like when they got to your website. No, it does not no. end when they get to your website. And if that's your mentality of what marketing is, then that's a problem because it doesn't matter if I got them to my website, if I didn't get them to make a sale, right? Like mm -hmm. it doesn't, you can't pay me if I'm not getting people to buy things. So I think that the fact that you and I both have a operational background mm -hmm. in real estate and in self-storage really helps us to formulate marketing strategies that are strong in the operational side of things to really connect the two and marry them in such a fine way. Yeah. yeah. So, well, um, I think that pretty much intros who we are, what the podcast is, and we will see you next week with John. Fantastic. Bye guys. Thanks for joining us.